Welcome to Beside the Burn for a brand new week beginning Monday the 18th of October. On Sunday past we were looking once again at finding Jesus in Genesis and we arrived at the story of Isaac. A story that we first looked at back in June at our communion service and we looked at the time whenever Abraham was called upon to sacrifice Isaac and how the lamb or the ram caught in the thicket was substituted in Isaac's place and that gave us a wonderful picture as we came to communion that Jesus Christ is our substitute, that he is the one who has been sacrificed in our place. So we didn't look at that particular aspect of Isaac's life on Sunday, but we did look at his birth and his marriage. And in both those occasions, we were able to find Jesus and to see what Jesus is doing today. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever um, you watch television, nowadays there seem to be an awful lot of repeats. And quite often what you'll find is if there's a new programme or a new series of a programme, they'll repeat the old ones before you get to the new one. Now, I quite like that because often I'll have forgotten what was in the previous series and I needed the reminder before the new one comes on. And... Sometimes whenever I see an old series that I've liked in the past uh, appearing on television again, I'll make a point of watching it. There's a few particular programs that whenever they are repeated, I'll watch them because I've enjoyed them so much and I've almost forgotten what they were about and it's good to be reminded again. Some people, of course, hate the repeats and you'll hear that age-old complaint, oh, there's nothing but repeats on television. Now, what we find as we've gone into Genesis in the Bible is that there are an awful lot of repeats in the Bible. The same story, the same theme, the same characters keep cropping up in the Bible and those same stories are repeated over and over again. Now, it's not because of a lack of content in the Bible. It's simply to remind us and to get these ideas into our minds. So, what we found is we've there have been stories in Genesis and then those stories are repeated again in the New Testament whenever we come to Jesus. And it's to help us understand what Jesus is like and it's to help us remember. The repeats are there to remind us and to make it fresh in our minds so that we can understand them. So today as we think about Isaac and Abraham and Sarah and the whole dynamic of what took place there, I want us to pick out a few repeats in the Bible so that we are reminded once again of what happened with Abraham and Isaac and then what happens with Jesus. So we're going to read some verses from Genesis and then fast forward into the New Testament and find where those same themes and ideas are referenced in the life of Jesus. So let's begin with a couple of verses from Genesis, uh, Genesis 15 uh, and Genesis 17. And here, uh, these verses are all about the promise of a son uh, to Abraham. And it doesn't take a genius to work out that whenever we go into the New Testament and think about the promise of a son, we'll be finding Jesus. So Genesis 15 verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. 
So this is the occasion where Abraham has said to God, look, don't worry about getting me another son. I've got Ishmael. I've sorted that out. Let him be your heir. And God says, no, 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 no. I've got a much better plan. You are going to have a son. He's going to be born of Sarah. And therefore, he is the one who will be of your own flesh and blood and he will be your heir. We see the similar promise in Genesis 17, verse 16, uh, where God says, I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations, the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. So again, there's the promise. You're going to have a son. The promised son is coming. You just have to wait until the right time for that son to arrive. Then if we fast forward to Luke chapter 1, where uh, we have the whole announcement of Jesus coming. And in Luke chapter 1, in these verses that we're going to read, verse 69 and then 72 and 73, we find the promise that was made to Abraham being referenced. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. So Jesus Christ from the house of David, the promised son is coming and he is going to fulfill the covenant that God has made with his people down through the years to be, his, to be their God and for them uh, to trust in him and also the oath that was sworn to Abraham. And this promise, this is no longer talking about Isaac, this is talking about Jesus. And so we see the similarity between the two, we see the repeat of the themes to get us to understand that just as Abraham had to wait a long time for Isaac to come, so the people had to wait a long time for the Messiah to be born, and so we wait a long time for Jesus Christ to come back again. Let's go back to Genesis again, this time Genesis 11 and verse 30. And this is the verse where uh, we're told that Sarah is childless. Now Sarai, um, as she was called before God changed her name, was childless because she was not able to conceive. And that is repeated a number of times in Genesis where we're told that Sarah is barren. She has no children and then she gets beyond the age where she can have children. And it links in very well with the story of Jesus, as we thought about on Sunday, where Mary was a virgin. And how was Mary going to give birth to the Son of God? Because she was a virgin. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And it's the idea that here's Mary, a young girl, unable to produce a child, without the intervention of the Holy Spirit and God. And here's Sarah, an old woman, unable to have a child without the intervention of God and the Holy Spirit. Then if we go back to Genesis again, Genesis 21 and verse 2, uh, we're told that there's a very specific plan in what God has uh, worked out here with Sarah and Abraham and the birth of Isaac. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. So God had special timing here. 
It wasn't that they had to wait and wait and wait because God was scrambling around trying to get things to work and nothing would do. It's not that God had forgotten about them and then suddenly thought, oh, oh, better fulfill this promise. No, God had a plan and a time in place and it was up to everyone else to simply trust him that that would happen. And then if we fast forward into the New Testament, we see that same theme being picked up whenever we think about the Messiah. In Galatians 4, verses 4 to 5, Paul's writing and he's explaining about the timing of the Messiah. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So here again, God has a specific time in mind and when that time has fully come, Jesus arrives and Jesus is the promised one. So the themes are there and they're picked up again and it's no coincidence that these same themes happen and it's certainly not a lack of imagination. It's to help us understand and to remember and to see the significance of these events. Then if we go back to Genesis and further on in the story in chapter 25, we're told that Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac. So Isaac became the heir. Everything was given to him. So as Abraham left this earth, Isaac, everything was passed on to him and he would then be the father of a great nation, that promise that had first been given to Abraham. And what we find in the New Testament is that God the Father gives everything over to his Son, Jesus Christ. John 3, 35. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. So again, the same theme from Genesis picked up in the New Testament. As we look at Isaac, we see Jesus and God's promise is fulfilled. First to Abraham, then to um, the, the people of Jesus' day, and now to us through Jesus. And then as we look forward to the second coming and to the, the consummation as we were thinking about, all these things will be fulfilled and we have these wonderful promises. So if we ever doubt that God cares about us, if we are ever in any wonder about whether God exists and, and what he's doing, here's the proof that God works in these similar patterns. And just as he's done it in the past, he'll continue to do it now and he will do it in the future. So let's thank him and praise him. Heavenly Father, we thank you this day for the wonderful promises that you have given to us. Today, Lord, help us to trust in those promises. Lord, there may be moments of doubt today whenever we will question whether you truly care for us or whether you are really with us or how you have allowed this to happen in our lives. But Lord, help us to trust and remind us of all that you've done in the past and how you will continue to do those things in the future. Lord, we praise you this day and ask that you would be with us and help us in everything that we do. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.